Today is June 1st, and it's the voicemail episode of Talking Yanks, and we literally just got some decent good news that we, I think we're all excited about. So let's answer some voicemails, let's talk some baseball, let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy Jake, recaps galore and weekly awards, stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. What's going on, everybody? How are you doing? Were you just excited or were you telling me something? Welcome it's to Talking uh, welcome to Talking Yanks. It is June 1st. My name is Jimmy. I got Jake with me. I got BBD with me. And I was kind of like, you know, tired, drained, long night, but I just got invigorated with the brand new news. I am excited. Jake, how are you doing on this first day of June? James, I'm okay. Um, as, as you know, a lot going on in the world. Was nice, literally, as we record this on Monday, uh, our friend, our short king, Jeff Passan, uh, just announced some good baseball news, so we're uh, we're excited to do that. Um, but yeah, man, world in flames <laughs> still, so there's that. Oh, yeah. Well, baseball news is good, though, so that's good. But yeah, the world is in flames, and that's terrible, and we talked about that a little bit, and I talked about it in the morning show, and... Brutal weekend for uh, America in general. Yes. Just terrible. So terrible. I, I was crying on Saturday night, scrolling Twitter to 2 a.m. Just so many videos that you don't want to ever have happen. And then they're Unreal. all public. Yeah, literally crazy. Um, yeah, I know you've been, you tweeted about like, you know, the times that you've been, Dude, the way that I encounter cops, like I never realized that if I was to share those stories with a friend of ours who's black or person of color in general, like I laugh at them. They go, ha, yeah, yeah, And they're probably like, you fucking asshole. Like, yeah, yeah you can do that. You can be blackout drunk and a cop is riding around your neighborhood and you run out into the street and flag him down and say, have there been any noise complaints about our house yet? Or are we good? And the cop says, no complaints yet. And I say, all right, awesome, thanks. And then I let him drive, but I had run in front of his car to ask him that question, just blackout drunk. Um, yep. Basically, like, we're having a party and we're underage. And I just, that's cool. I mean, you know, I've gotten, like, pulled over three times and just been let go. Well, I clearly shouldn't have been. So it's, it's crazy when you start really doing that and like, wow, if I was uh, if I uh, was born with different colored skin, none of that shit would have been cool. Would have been life-changing instead of just a funny anecdote. And uh, so I can't, I can't really offer much besides just to keep that conversation going and make other people that probably grew up like me because uh, I, I was not aware of this when I was younger and I'm embarrassed and kind of like feel... I, you know, people are like, you know, feel guilty, but like, I've never treated anyone 
uh, poorly. I treat everyone the same individual basis, but definitely have been privileged to have privilege of being male and white. So it's scary when you start racking your brain with all that shit. Yeah, it's uh, it just get in get in the conversation. Um, if it's uncomfortable, good. That means you need to be having the conversation. And uh, yeah, I mean, me and Jimmy have a laundry list of old drinking stories that uh, the end, the second half of the story probably changes a good amount uh, if we were black. And that's, uh, um, you know, it, it shouldn't take what's happened this past weekend to realize something like that. Um, but I, I don't know. And the other thing is just uh, like fear. Uh, a lot of people, you know, you've you've been scared a couple times in your life or you've been walking down an alleyway or whatever the situation was. Um, and imagine feeling that way uh, just because of your skin color in, in a lot of situations. So um, get get involved in the conversation. Um, I know, uh, you, you know, a lot of the big statements that have come from this is like ignoring it. Um, means you're part of the problem. I firmly believe that. I believe that's true. Um, and yeah, if you're, you know, one of our younger listeners, I, I always, a, a jakey trick I always do is I look back five years ago, three years ago, and think, it was, was I smarter or dumber? And every time the answer is, I was more dumb. Correction. That's 30-year-old Jake correcting me. More dumb. But, uh, yeah, so just, you know, if you're having questions or you kind of don't get it, try to. Um, and uh, just just try to kind of put those shoes on and uh, think about it because it's, uh, it's really insane uh, what's going on in our country. It's scary. Super scary. Um, all right. So we are going to pivot to talking Yanks and the voicemails. And there is excitement over news that baseball will be back and there are going to be voicemails that are ridiculous. And that's kind of just what we do here. But, uh, we both as a company, Jake and I, and the entire company said it would be fucked up to not mention and anything you build a platform. Uh, and we know that you guys listen for Yankee stuff and baseball, but Hey, time and place. And there's never been a more time and place to say that. So whatever. Um, all right. You want to just dive into the passing news that we just got? Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Um, and yeah, keep, keep an eye out. We're, we're probably going to be doing some different charity stuff. We think we found the right charity because a lot of charities aren't great, but we think we found it. So keep an eye out from that. Um, and yeah, just have the conversation. Think, um, that's something you'll rarely hear me say. Um, what just happened? Uh, we were about to go live at 5 p.m., 5 p.m., that old time, 5 p.m., that's when we were in Scotland, Um, and our uncle slash friend uh, slash brother, brother Jeff, Uncle Jack Curry, brother Jeff passing, what's happening? Uh, He tweeted out, and I mean, I'm going to give him shit. I actually already did on Twitter. Because he's he knows, you know. Um, he tweeted out, turn on SportsCenter news coming. And there's one piece of news information we want from that gentleman. So I took the cheese. We all turned on SportsCenter. And there was news, but it's not the final news, um, that 
the MLB, the union, or not the union, excuse me, the owners have agreed that they will pay prorated salaries for 50 to 60 games, um, which Trevor Plouffe was kind of on, on talking baseball, and it ties in, you know, if you read through the lines of what everyone's been saying, you know, the owners, the regular season games are probably going to cost them money this year because they can't have fans in attendance. But they will still make money on the playoffs. So part of the owner's now angle is to get as many playoff games as possible. This was in counter to the player's offer that was 112 games or something at full salary. And, I mean, we're doing the full-out negotiating chicken dance, which sucks, Jim, because we haven't even started negotiations. They're over. I mean, the, the it they're playing. There's 100%... <laughs> the non-starter stuff. I wish stuff we is, could start the negotiations and the, then we the, could talk about it. We them. had a lot of fun texting yesterday about how both sides were like, that's a non-starter. That's a non-starter, but we'll take it from there and why don't we change? But that's a non-starter. Such crap. Start, but... I like it. Non-starter. Uh, anyway, baseball's back 100%. I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just wow. say it. If they agree to prorate it... I mean, here's here's what's happening right now. The owners... Just took a hit. The owners agreed to prorated salaries. Dude, the owners have the players' unity and the and the players saying, we're not falling for your sliding revenue scale. We are not doing this. We're not doing that. The fucking cutting the minor league players and then Sean Doolittle and the Nationals saying, fine. We'll pay for those dudes because we know they're the future of this sport. And then the Nationals being like, okay, 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 fine. We'll pay it. Take back. Take back. Quick take back because we're looking horrible. They're looking bad here, man. Um, uh, this, Which, by the way, the Yankees just did. Yeah, but that we'll get into that because that's, that's not anything near what it looks like it is. Um, there's... That there's so much more to that, and it's kind of shitty that it's just being floated out there as a headline. Uh, so, but let's say on this, it, the um, the owners are going to take a hit. This is going to land at 82 games. The players say we want 114 games, um, and we're not we are not budging on the prorated salaries. And the owners come back and say, "Fine, we'll prorate the salaries, but we're only playing 50 to 60 games." But huge win that they are honoring the prorated salary. Huge win for the players that they're honoring that agreement. And they'll bump that up to 80 and we'll be exactly where we were a month ago with the original agreement that everyone thought this was going to be. It's in the exact difference of like 114 and 60. Just it's an 80. And they already have the date set. So like I'm super high right now. I posted my meter. It's a yes. And, um, this is the owners like just doing one more hedge bet because eventually this is leading to a full-blown loss by the owners and players union standing strong. I on talking baseball, I told you there was three possible outcomes. One, we were just locked in for nasty negotiations and we were going to go piece by piece and chip away from that. Three was that we just weren't going to have a season that the sides weren't going to make it work. Option two was that the owners were fine with doing an 82-game season prorated. They were just negotiating for schlitz and giggles to see if they could get the players to crack, and guess what? I think that's exactly what happened. 
Um, you know, players doing crack, they're, man. They're trying to get an all-star game out of them after the season. Good. I've been pushing for that for years. A home run derby, a couple small revenue creators. It's funny that the players had to leverage being mic'd up and things like that because uh, the owners just saw, like, there's value in that for the first time ever, um, which is insane. And, I mean, the players shouldn't have to leverage that because it also grows their brand, but I digress for now. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how quickly things move in the coming days. Uh, we had Bob Nightingale tweet that baseball would be back. That made everyone terrified that baseball would not be back. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting how quickly this moves or doesn't move. Uh, I'd assume they drag it out for about another week. I feel like the fake date I've put in my head is June 8th because we, I think they still want players down there or down wherever for June 10th. Um, and we've talked to, we've talked to players that were like, yes, I, I mean, I'll get on the plane right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, seemingly good news from baseball. Yeah, it's, it's on. It's great. I mean, if they do a 50 game season, that's a crapshoot. That's wild. Uh, can't, can't, you can't, it's, it's going to bump up. And the thing is with that, like, okay, even if perfect world, you know, you figure out a way to find division winners or whatever. I, the risk of player injury there is like monumental. Like by the time these guys are ramped up at, you know, 40, 30 games in, you know, it's almost time to call the season. So I, I think, again, just a load of crock negotiating to negotiate. Yep, I agree. I'm awesome. It's awesome. So I'm excited about it. I think we'll have baseball. Uh, even if it is a 50-60 weird season, I'm at the point now where at some point I was saying, no, I don't want that. But that was more like a, the six-week season they were saying, which I still right. don't. I think I'd even still take that. I'm pretty deprived at this point. Would really like some baseball. So I'm excited. I think I think this is good. I think the union has done a great job of being strong and not breaking and... Some owners are realizing, like, oh, okay. Guess we yeah. have to do this. It, uh, cause we, for, I mean, for three weeks there, we were kind of in limbo with, like, what are the players going to come back with? Are they going to come back with 82 games and a 90% sliding scale? Like, was the MLB going to set the tone with their first offer that the players had to go off that? And they did not at all, <laughs> which was good to see. Um, and yeah, man, I, uh, it sucks because, dude, like 50, 60 games is like right below in our heads what counts as a real season. So, like, right let's just get that up. Yeah. Ah, uh, Brendan Cuddy said, an insider with MLB Players Union says most players, including several stars, say they won't play for anything less than half a season. Yeah. It's going to get to 82, dude. The owners are just slowly. It's what whatever the option you said. We I'm already basing. agreed to a goddamn contract. The owners <laughs> just wanted to do the dance because they're sickos. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, wow. All right. That's good news, man. I mean, it's not confirmed. Potentially. Or we, just get the, or we just get the rug fully pulled from us yet again. No, 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 no. It's great news. All right, so before we go into voicemails, the other thing is the Yankees cut 45 players today, um, which they would have, it would have happened anyway. It has nothing to do with Corona, really. The Yankees have eight minor league affiliate teams, eight, the most out of any baseball team, 
And with the new restructuring of minor leagues, every team is only allowed to have four minor league teams. So the Yankees were cutting a ton of players this season, at the end of this season, no matter what, because the league now says you cannot have as many players as you have in your farm system. So it looks bad out of hand. The Yankees and everyone that was going to stay with the team next year is getting paid in full the same rate that they've been getting paid. But those, a lot of these guys were getting cut anyway. So it, it, it's kind of shitty that they're just lumping this into a bad headline when really the Yankees are taking care of everyone that's part of their future. Yeah, a uh, couple things here because this has been going around baseball in different ways um, with different organizations handling it. This is what, not what the Nats were doing, but what some of the other teams were doing. Um, because yes, I mean, a lot of these teams didn't have their end of minor league camp. And I think Lindsay Adler had the numbers on it that said, essentially by the end of training camp, it would have been 20 guys. And then by like now it would have been another 20 and that's kind of the 40. But Jim, the other side of this is with everything that's going on with minor league stuff. Um, I think Brendan Cuddy, he tweeted this out a, a couple minutes ago. If they had kept these guys on the same scale it, until the end of August, it would have cost the Yankees 234 or a little over 200 grand. Yeah, but I mean they 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 could have been cut anyway. Did the you know like players get They could cut have, in- but some also could have made it. And like that's that's kind of the whole minor league thing right now. Yeah, but- the, the Yankees have too many minor leaguers anyway. It's, I mean, a lot of this discussion is similar to what some of the other teams were doing. It's not as bad as Oakland or the teams that were just doing as bad as they possibly could, the Angels. But a lot of these minor league cuts you're hearing about, the the guys that were get, about to get reduced pay from the Nats and things like that, it's because these teams never did the original cut. So this whole issue has kind of been the same thing. Yeah, it's it's just like they're going to get cut in two months anyway. Yeah. I guess there's like kind of an argument for um, like instead of, you know, how the A's, they aren't being paid, but since they weren't released, they're still employed and can't go on unemployment. There's like an argument for now the Yankees guys can go on unemployment. They'd probably rather not lose their job, but they can get more on unemployment than $400 a week that they're making to yeah. not really be part of the Yankees' future. What, what, so what the, the A's, A's did is, is like straight, straight up, up terrible. Evil. Yeah. Awful. Yes. Awful. This is, I mean, bad, but is it even? I mean, like these kids weren't going to be part of the organization next year. It's not like they're on furlough and like, hey, we'll bring you back. You know, like they're they're going to get cut anyway. The end. The road was ending now or when does the season end? August? So three more, if they were playing three more months. Yes. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think even you, you've had some tweets going on with the minor league stuff and it's, uh, I, it's the same conversation, ex- excluding the A's and the nightmare teams. Yeah. I haven't gotten on anyone else. So like, you know, even the Nats, it's like, well, I don't know how many minor league teams the Nats have, but the Yankees had so many, man. I mean, they have so many people that they're, 
making live in terrible situations without any money, chasing a dream they know they'll never achieve. So like, that's the beauty of it. Now I don't want, I don't like the whole selling the dream to too many people. So I, I don't think it's nearly as bad and, and they had to make cuts anyway. So anyone that's staying in the organization, the Yankees are taken care of in full same way. So like, I just think it's being blanketed out there as the same as like the A's and shit when it's really not. The A's uh, I mean, terrible. every time, every time the beat writers tweet out, Oh, the Tigers are going to pay their guys. The, this team's going to pay their guys. It's the exact same boat as the Yankees. So I don't know. Just kind how of many, bad vibes. How many? Yeah. How many like affiliates do they have? Cause I remember like a lot of the teams don't nearly have as many affiliates as the Yankees. Like the Yankees have so many minor league teams. What is that old phone? Yeah, that's our that's our phone. Um, like the front desk. Like a house phone? Um, that's funny. Not sure. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway. So yeah, I I don't know how how many minor league teams other teams have. You're my that's dude. You're supposed to know that. No, they got a couple, for sure. Yeah. Yankees have all those. There's so many. I'm trying to look at it now. Looks like the Dodgers have a lot too. Teams with money. How about that? All right. Let's go to voicemails. Voicemail number one. Hey, guys. Um, what do you guys think is the situation at third for the Yanks? Are we going to stick with Gio? We're going to go back with Andujar. We're going to switch off and see who's got the hot hand. We're going to DH one. Um, how do you think those two are going to play? in the Yankees season. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, I mean, at spring training, it was Geo's to lose. He was the starting third baseman. Andujar was playing left field. Actually looked surprisingly good out there for spring training left field. Looked surprisingly good. Called off Wade or Glaber for a ball and like, the first one coming in, which is so rudimentary. But, hey, we were applauding, like, elementary plays at third by, by Andujar. But, yeah, it's Geo's to lose, and I don't think that's changed with the delay. I think the question is going to turn into. You muted. I I think the question is going to turn into, is is Miguel Andujar the backup third baseman? <laughs> like, if we do this, you know, pack together eighty two game season, we're gonna see guys taking more rest days. The Yankees did that anyways, um, especially in a tight season with extra guys on the roster. Um, I mean, the question turns into is, you know, Gio Urshela's once or twice off a of weekdays, is Miguel Andujar going to play third? Is Tyler Wade going to play third? Um, Roselle. Uh, Roselle Herrera. I mean, we're going to have expanded rosters, so I think Roselle's going to be on the roster. Like, they're going to jump it up to 30, I think. We'd have to crunch the numbers again and see the final number, uh, which is very exciting because that was the last time that we had hopes for baseball. Um, but also the Yankees had so many guys hurt that. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you add Stanton and, and Judge. Those were the two. Hicks, potentially. Hicks is going to be ready? I thought he still wouldn't He's be swinging. ready till July. Well, it starts July. So. Yeah, you're right. Well, okay, so that's three guys. Was an infielder hurt? I don't know. Uh-uh. So, I mean, it starts turning into, like, uh, Ford, I, Wade, Rosell Herrera, and I think I th- I think, think Ford and Wade still have the honors over Rosell, right? Yeah, but they were on the 26 already, so we're just adding. 
Right, but we also have to add pitchers. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how they're going to do that. It'll be interesting to find out, like, the rules with the 50-man taxi squad and how yeah, that man. has to be. Yeah. And it's not – it might not even be hard 30. We don't We don't know that. Like, we could be 35. Yeah, and that's – yeah, we're we, – yeah, I guess – yeah, because we still haven't heard about transactions, which, you know, we set the alarm off on that in MLB. Not a problem. We just went up the chain and told them, hey, think about trades and stuff and how that's going to work, which there's probably not going to be, which means Rosell Herrera, who normally would be a DFA type, I mean, that rule probably won't exist. So he should be around. I think he's there. He's the backup third baseman. Wade, too. It's options. So you don't... Th- so you... I... That's the part that I just don't. I don't know. think Andujar is the backup third baseman. I think he's like, he's he's like in a pinch, or or injury. Yeah, you that's know. that's what I'm just looking to see. I don't know if they're going to Gary Sheffield them or if you know Gio Urshela day three of the season. It's Andujar at third. I don't know. I think he's done at third, man. Like they seem to be putting a lot of effort into him in left field. DH move around like they wouldn't have gone so hard into the left field if they thought he could improve at third they basically took away from his development at third with how much he was he was an outfielder in spring training like he was doing drills and platooning he was doing left he was doing first base I mean the the idea was that he was going to be utility so it's was are you going to spend the time in spring training doing left field and first base are you going to I mean, third base, he's semi is what he is, and Geo's the starting third baseman, so you're going to send Andujar everywhere else, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't see Andujar being a starting third baseman anymore, unless there's I could. so many injuries. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember how bad he was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure bad. All right, guys, how's it going? Uh, my name's Liam from Long Island, enemy territory. First time, long time. Anyway, um, who is the one Yankee you'd bring back from the past just to be a, like a locker room glue guy? Can't even play, can't coach, just sits in the clubhouse, shooting the shit with the boys, getting the mats up before a game, maybe tossing back a few brews, watching the game. Uh, yeah, who you guys got? I think it's Thurm the Worm. He's a... Uh, Ooh. He's got the stash going. That's that's working for him, and obviously, you know those teams with him won a lot of won a, won a lot. So, let me know. I, I gotta thanks, Liam. Good question. I I gotta disagree with Thurman the Worm. I think if Thurman Thurman's yeah. if Thurman Munson's not playing, everything he does falls short, and he's just kind of like an asshole in the clubhouse. Way too tough on guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have an answer. Okay. That you know, I racked my brain on it quickly. <laughs> Don Zimmer. Thought about that. I thought about that. Um, you did can't Tim play have, for the Yankees. I don't know. Did he? Did he have to play for him? He suited up. I think he, they said ex-player. He suited up as a Yankee. You can't Let's bring see. back anyone that is still fit enough. You know, they got to be sixty plus. Those are the guys we're talking about. Like, you're not going to bring Cece back as a mascot. Uh, there's a good argument for CC if someone wants to make it. And I still don't think Don Zimmer counts. I think the whole idea was player. Well, he's Zimmer didn't play for the Yankees. Yeah, but he wore Yankee uniform, so. 
Whoa. When you search Don Zimmer, the first thing that comes up is uh, my breakdown. SEO off the charts. Let's go. Look at that. Uh, Look at that ish. Um, yeah, I'm going to bend the rules and go Don Zimmer. Not allowed. So think of your answer. What well, do you um, have one? I, see, I'm going the other way. Like I, I'm going, you kind of need a young guy. Like I'd want a Trevor Plouffe type. Like I kind of want a young, fun guy keeping it light. Um, kind of like joking about how like he's washed and you know, you guys are still doing it. Enjoy it. Um, God, I'm trying to Chi Ming Wong. I don't know if the language would be there. I think that even comes more fun. Just yuck it up. Like Talkman is yelling about all of his at bats, and Wong's just got no idea. He's like, stop, dude. We're <laughs> Actually, basically no, just describing him. Aaron Boone's job. Yeah. Right? We really are. I mean, he's just. Yeah. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Boone. A good one. Yeah, he's just, that's his job. Keep spirits light, be a glue glue guy in the clubhouse, and be an extra, <laughs> Aaron Boone, we've described Aaron Boone. Willie Randolph, I mean, yeah. Paul O'Neill probably be a good time. Which Paul O'Neill are you getting? Are you yeah. getting the Warrior, or are you getting Yes Network Paul? Because I want Yes Network Paul. You got to get a self-deprecating guy who's not going to tell you how good it was in his day and how he'd kick your ass. You know. Right. So, um, stump Merrill, I'm going to go to a, the 2000 and, and eight Yankee roster and choose someone from there. Okay. And that's, I mean, Pettit, no. time. Pettit was too skilled. This is a weird way that they're doing this. I mean, Louis Soho. Yeah. They already did that for a, like, he was a bench coach, yeah. third base coach for a while. Do it again. I mean, bring Soho back. That seems like an obvious thing. Two thousand, so two thousand eight Yankees. It's Louis Soho's current job. Isn't he still coaching for the Yankees? Giambi. Everyone said Giambi was going to make a great manager. Everyone loves Giambi. That's a that's a good dark horse there. Matsui would be good. Just giving everyone porn and talking about how good mm. his hair is all the time. Oh, Chad Moeller. Dude, you used to love Chad Moeller. I loved watching him catch. Yeah. Wow. He was good at it. Mm-hmm. Check Jake's Twitter feed. It's just nonstop. I love Chad Moeller back in 2008. I used to always call him C-Mole. See that mole out there? Latroy- I watched my first episode of Unbreakable with Kimmy Schmidt. How about that? Oh, you like Titus? Sure, obviously. Yeah, he's good. It's funny. Yeah. That was, I said C-Mole. I was thinking about the Mole sisters or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the Moles. Uh, you know who would be uh, bad? Latroy Hawkins. Yeah. Just stapling cleats to the floor nonstop. Yeah. Mainly being on the team specifically doesn't help that one. You know what they should do? They should... No, no, don't say that, Jimmy. Never mind. I got to... Okay. Let's switch. Good answers. Don Zimmer, hi, both Jay. of us. Hi, Jake. It's Jenna Mariel from New York. I'm just sitting here in my kitchen thinking about how much I miss baseball and how much I would pretty much give up anything to have baseball right now. So I was just thinking, 
it's probably too complicated and they probably would never do it, but what if there was a pay-per-view model for watching baseball on TV if fans couldn't go to the game? How much would you be willing to pay every night to watch the Yankees or any game at home on your TV? Hope you guys are doing good. Miss you. Go Yanks. I mean, I did this. Jake, you did this. What's MLB TV called? When you don't live in New York City, you have to do this. So, uh, MLB. Thanks for calling, Jenna. Thanks for calling, Friend. Jenna. Came came to our event. Yes. In uh, Tampa. Uh huh. Um, Hundred and twenty yeah, bucks I mean, a have, year. Yeah, MLB packages around there. So do that per game. I mean, dude, it would be. Imagine if they. Is that the future? Wait, it's like, also like that's, the only reason I have cable. Is for Yankees. Yeah. If I didn't watch Yankees baseball, I wouldn't have cable anymore so we all currently do this yeah i think it's it's kind of a. I think jenna's got more of a black mirror type world on it where it's like say say tvs you had to pay for like everything you watched Mm -hmm. like everything had a payment um i don't know i think it in my head it's really funny thinking about like i mean okay so exclude us from work stuff but it would be you know red sox game 25 bucks Royals game, 15 cents. Yeah. It'd be tough. It'd be tough. I, uh, I have it as $10 a game. I'll do it. 10 a game for 80 games. Yeah. I mean, oh, I it, did, I did 162. On it. I did 162 games. That's what my math was at. So nice. I'd do 20 if it was only 80 games. Okay. So you're going to prorate it? <laughs> yeah. Prorate it. I'd pay for baseball. I do. I currently do. Only re- I pay for MLB TV and cable. Just you know, it would be hilarious <laughs> if they showed the baseball team that was in that region on the TV, so people could watch it and become fans of the teams. It would be wild. I'm a marketing 101. I think they. I think they fixed that this year. I think there's going to be no regional blackouts on MLB TV. They should. I don't think they haven't said anything officially. But if they don't try this now, then. What are you doing? I thought, I thought that like you know before the the whole Corona and and all that. I thought that in twenty twenty they took away blackouts. Yeah, yeah. Um, reading, reading. When the contracts expire, the teams will have the right to negotiate different deals that could permit them. I can't find it in time, but I remember reading that. I don't know if it's true or not. I, I don't think so. I think I think everyone's always dreamed for that. And if they don't do it now with this fake season we've already planned, when are you? Mm-hmm. The blackout policy is so stupid, especially since stupid in like Indiana, you can't watch like ten different teams. Yeah, blacking out of all of them, so crazy. All right. Hey guys, uh, last week there was a guy that called in regarding Dave Ortiz's uh, Hall of Fame candidacy and eligibility and that sort of thing. And uh, I just wanted to make the quick comparison to Jim Tomei, who was recently elected. Um, David and Jim Tomei both have similar flash lines, similar stat lines, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I think if Jim Tomei can get in, you know, as a guy who primarily was just a good hitter and not really a defensive force, then I don't think David Ortiz, especially with his postseason um, 
record and that sort of thing, I don't think he should have any chance, any trouble getting in. So uh, thanks for taking the call. Go Yanks. Shout out, producer BBD. Wow, shout out. I, he threw me for a loop, though, when he said, I don't think he should have any chance, and then he changed it to any trouble. I was like, which, which side's he on? Right. Uh, Jim Tomei, David Ortiz. Let me see. Uh, Tomei played 143 more games, like 200 more plate appearances. Very, very similar at-bats, uh, even. Home runs start with a six for Tomei, which is is kind of a big thing. Yeah. Um, the slash line, uh, I, for me, slash line is more impressive when you accumulate everything. Well, actually, you know, cause then it's like, you know, it's, it's, I'm just looking at the comparison. They're very similar, but Tome does have, I mean, it's 70 more home runs. Ortiz has so many more doubles with the monster. The monster. They're both Hall of Famers. It's, uh, I mean, last episode, it was kind of a big poppy first ballot debate. Was Tomei first ballot? I don't think so, right? I don't think um, so. Retired in 2012, so no. Um, so, yeah, I don't think big poppy's first ballot, but, yeah, I mean, he, uh, he's, he's a Hall of Famer, and you know what? If you want to make a different argument for big poppy, you know, I mean— he does have rings, which, you know, supposedly don't matter at all anymore. But David Ortiz has three rings. Uh, Jim Tomei has zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, know, I know a lot goes into a team effort and everything, but, you know, everything. Uh, David Ortiz also happened to hit in 59 plate appearances in the World Series. He had a 455 batting average, a 576 OBP, and a 1.372 OPS. So guess what, guys? Playoff shit is important sometimes. I don't care about the sample size. Whoa. Coming for Eight their bucks. necks. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I haven't worn these glasses in a while. I feel powerful. I didn't even notice them. Look out. It's Boobock. Just uh, hoping that back scratch is working out for you guys. Thing here today... Uh, it's kind of a, I'm sure it's been going on for a while, but why the fuck is it Mattingly a Hall of Famer? I mean, he's a six-time All-Star, nine-time Gold Glover. He was at the top of the of the list for, what, six years with extra bases hits and RBIs. I mean, I don't know. He should be a Hall of Famer, my two cents. So, so there's there's two different ways that people look at the Hall of Fame, kinda. And w- one is the final numbers, like Jake said. Tomei has 600 home runs, and Ortiz only had 500 something. And the compiling stats and the, the the counting stats are one way to look at it. And I said I don't like those because I'd rather a guy just be a decade straight dominate. You know, because you can put up some big numbers and never be like a threat for five straight years. So there's two ways to look at it. Mattingly only played in like 11 full seasons. So he doesn't have uh high numbers, you know, like he has 2,100 hits. He had, he didn't have a lot of home runs. He has 200 home runs. Like the counting stats aren't going to get him there. And that kind of leaves him out of the hall right away. 
be a the Hall of Fame, you need like a 15 to 20 year career where 10 of the years are just dominant and the rest of the years help you get the counting stats. That's kind of the formula to get in. I don't know if I agree with it or not because for a decade, Don Mattingly was really, really, really good. Uh, but he just got injuries. So, you know, like, did he have Hall of Fame numbers in his 10 dominant years? Yeah. Is that what gets you into the Hall of Fame? Not really, which I kind of disagree with. I don't know. And it, it, it kind of can, Jimmy, and I think that's the other half of the argument is that, you know, there are guys that have decades that do stand out more than Donnie's. Um, you know, if Donnie could have put it together for 15 years doing what he did, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, but in that tight time frame, um, I mean, the other thing that does stand out is the nine gold gloves. I mean, that is a special number. Um, you know, he's won an MVP. He's won a batting title. But I don't know, man. I I think, you know, if you put Donnie's numbers against some other guys, you know, it, you just land in that Hall of Very Good category. I know it's kind of a lame sports radio line, but... Um, you know, I, I think at the same time, baseball has that and it's special. Like the NBA, uh, the Hall of Fame is really easy to get into. I mean, there's, uh, I was listening to something the other day if Andre Iguodala is a Hall of Famer, and he is. I mean, Dwight Howard's a Hall of Famer, and he's like hated by the league and viewed as like a cancer throughout his career. So, um, I don't know. I think there's something about baseball's Hall of Fame being a special, special place. And yes, you have some outliers and guys that sneak in. I mean, Harold Baines this year, not a lot of people talked about. I mean, people did talk about it, but I mean, it's kind of bad. <laughs> like Harold Baines was a good ball player. I, I would have Donnie Mattingly over Harold Baines. Unfortunately, when you start picking out the outlier, there's a lot of guys from that Hall of Really Good that could fit in there. Harold Baines was pretty good, though. Harold Baines was good. Um, but, man, I mean, I mean do, you, do you remember that whole thing? The committee was, was like, two of his ex-managers and one of his ex-GMs. I yeah, mean, Jimmy, I, I, look I remember, his, remember. Look at his individual seasons. I mean, the guy was good, but he wasn't like he's he's the exact accumulator you were talking about. Nineteen? No, I don't care. But his counting, well, his slash line, which isn't counting stats. Nineteen seasons, he averaged an eight thirty four OPS and a one twenty four OPS plus. Never had a season underneath. Am I looking at the wrong thing? Baines. Harold Baines? For his career? Yeah. He's an 820 OPS. Oh, yeah. I'm taking, yes, I'm taking the the best chunk. Like, okay. the last two so years when he played 92 and 32 games at 41 and 42, I don't think those really count towards his Hall of Fame. Well, numbers. okay, I'm saying, look at Harold look at Harold Baines' numbers and look at Donnie Mattingly's numbers and know that one guy was a DH and one was a nine-time gold glover. I understand. I'm just saying, like, Harold Baines' numbers are still pretty good. For 19 straight years, he had a 124 OPS. It was, like, yeah. really good. I wouldn't doubt. I'm just saying, like, I didn't realize that those were good. Those were that good. It's a long time to be that good. Good. Oh, it's great. I mean, Mattingly's is what? The same? Baseball reference showed me his Don Mattingly's manager page as if I want that. It's nice. 
It's not bad. So like Mattingly's best stretch was, let's see, full seasons. Baseball reference, a lot of stuff going on. And he's sitting at an 837 OPS. Pretty similar, 131. They're pretty similar, except Baines did it for an, uh, another decade more. Yeah, Baines did it for a little while more, but, you know, one didn't play defense and one's a nine-time gold glover. Yep. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I, I like I the Hall you- of Fame being limited. So, like, I wouldn't have either yeah. guy in. Yeah, no, I think that's the thing, and that's the problem, is that now that Harold Baines got in, like, he's the low dude on the totem pole, so everyone's got a guy or two guys that's above Harold Baines, but Harold Baines should not be your measuring stick. No. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, I remember when Burt Blylevin, who we met and was a riot, got in. Everyone was like, what? I've never looked at his numbers. But I remember WFN airwaves being like, holy smokes. That guy was never even a stud. It was a weird mix of baseball because he accumulated a a lot of numbers, I think a lot of wins. Um that where a lot of where some of Burt's numbers were on all times lists, like everyone around him was a Hall of Famer, that it kind of got to the point like, okay, if all of these people and all of these people are Hall of Famers, then I think Burt is too. So they did it. Hall of Famer by association. His final ERA plus is under 100, if that says anything. Uh, all right. That's kind of tough, right? I mean, it's not ideal, but again, I'm sure if you cut out some of the fringe years like we did with Harold and some of the other guys, you can... But, uh, but I mean, I, th- I think... I have a hard stance there that, like, you know, you cut out the fringe numbers to make your ERA plus, like, 120, 130, when if you fall underneath, if your final number is below average, I don't know if you should even be considered... Wait, are you looking at the same thing again? His final number is 118 for ERA+. plus. I was looking at the wrong thing. Okay, congrats on the Hall of Fame, Bert. Did you see the, you see the gap where it says did not play? Threw me off. Uh, yeah, okay. Congrats on the Hall of Fame, Bert by 11. What's up, boys? It's Lil Bubak. Uh, just got done listening to... The talking baseball uh, interview with Cole Tucker, 100%. He's got an infectious personality. Uh, he's already put me in a better mood. I'm making a seven-hour drive uh, down to Arkansas to see my girlfriend and her family at their lake house. Uh, that's definitely just put me in a better mood. Also, quick tidbit of information. Uh, Cole Tucker announced that 311 was his favorite band. Quick shout-out, 311. They're from Nebraska, baby. Keep it real. Keep doing you. Peace. Wow. All right. Lil, Lil Bubak, thank you. Uh, the Cole Tucker episode is fantastic. Uh, he was on Talking Baseball, and he's just a delight. 311 from Nebraska. How many other bands do you think there are from Nebraska? Oh, so many. Um, back-to-back Bubak brothers. A, whoa. Um, B, and yeah, we. Uh, I feel like we don't push... Uh, the talking baseball too hard on here. We do reference it a decent amount. Um, but Cole Tucker, man, if you just want to hear a delightful <laughs> young person talk, <laughs> uh, go listen to it. That, that was the first talking baseball I told uh, my girlfriend Jess to go listen to. I was like, you would enjoy it. He's just Did she nice like it? Guy. 
She didn't listen. She didn't listen. <laughs> uh, the Bugs are from Nebraska. Mm, I bet. So we should start playing the Bugs, I think. Yeah, That's such a good... I've, I already saw it in your eyes. I lost you for a little bit. Let I me mean, know when you're back. That's such a good band name. Like, you know, the yeah. Beatles. Nah, we're just the Bugs. <laughs> Beatles just... has like the beat. Oh, look at this. The number one song that comes up is called Fuck Off, Love Songs. fantastic what a great song all right so did we just lose copyright <laughs> yeah that was the bugs cool. um do 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 uh hey jimmy and jake andy from minnesota calling in hope everybody over there is doing well and i just had a quick question for you guys related to the yankees future plans with some of their younger guys so I've been thinking, guys like Andujar, Frazier, Estevan Floreal down in the minors, where do you guys think they are going to fit in in the Yankees' super deep, absolutely stacked lineup in the next couple of years or farther down the road than that? Uh, thanks, guys. Go Yanks. Uh, all right. So I thought he was talking about for this season, but he said like down the road, which is two different conversations, I guess. Florial has penciled himself out of plans. He's kind of flipped the pencil over and erased himself from making him part of future plans. I think if he, I think if he is part of future plans, the Yankees will be like, Oh, awesome. That's a plus. Not. Yes. This is the plan. It's just so he hasn't played a lot. He's injured a lot. And I, it was raw talent from the jump, so I don't know if he's put it together either. So I I, I think Florio at this point is not penciled into any plans. Clint and Andrew are, are, I mean, they're on the roster, so they are bats trying to find a home in the field. Yeah, I think Florio's still surprisingly young, um, but the injuries have added up. Um, I, I think I'll keep going with your pencil thing. You got me thinking in the pencil world. Florial's like if you went to a test, like a big test, SAT or some something, and you bring two pencils, Florial's mm-hmm. the second pencil right now. Like he's okay. not in your plan, but like you might need him and that pencil could do great for you. You're describing Andujar and Clint. Their second, second pencil? Their second pencil. I think they're pencil ones right now. I've got a whole pencil chart I'll show you later in the show. Well, I mean, how I could they be the pencil ones? They're not Jim, starters. I gotta keep the pencil going. <laughs> So we'll get people need to see the pencil chart at the end. Um, yeah, it's um, you know, Florial when Dude, Florial Cashman, hasn't played in Double A yet. Sorry to cut you off. He hasn't played in Double A. Right. How old is he? Twenty one. Uh, this is his twenty two year old season in twenty twenty, which he's not getting a full run of games. Not his fault. But yeah, I I can't really talk about Florial. I mean, he hasn't cracked double a yet and he doesn't have good numbers um in a so he he as far as my plans he's 
I mean, completely off those. Yeah, I mean, he's he's toolsy. He's always been a toolsy prospect that needs to get his time in, and he hasn't done that. So, um, you know, I don't. I think there was a time when, if you looked at Brian Cashman's five-year chart, Estevan Florial was the center fielder. I mean, they locked up Pixie, and I think in you know two, three years, if Florial figures it out, and then Hicks needs to slide over. I think that's kind of the plan. If that doesn't happen, that doesn't happen. Like, the Yankees don't have too many eggs in the Florial basket right now. Mm-mm. No. So let's move on to your backup pencils instead. Yes. What do you got? Uh, well, no, my backup pencil is Florial. I'm, Jim, you take different tests in your life. Yeah. So okay. this test is like the Clint Frazier Florial test. We've already taken, you know, the Hicks, Judge, Gary test. We took those. Um, so so it's like a backup Clint, test. It's like other tests with the test. Okay. And I think, uh, man, I think Andujar hangs around the Yankees. He is, is a crazy talented hitter. Go check out Andujar's stats. Uh, again, when if I let myself dream about baseball again, which you've now done, Jim. You've now yeah. done. Oh, it's You're bad. You're saying we're playing baseball. Um. Man, if Miguel Andujar played with the juice balls last year, like I, I might have to get our uh, our friend Meredith Wills on it and be like, hey, can you make Andujar's rookie season into a juice ball season and tell me what those stats would look like? Because, I mean, it would have been nuts. Um, I, I think he's special. It would have been, Clint, I mean, a lot of line um, drives. Also special. It's, it's so funny that <laughs> Clint right now is – a bad defender in the outfield, and, you know, he's got a talented bat, but he still has to prove a lot more at the big league level. Where Andujar, you know, hasn't done anything at outfield, hasn't done anything at first base, bad at third base, but we've already, like, labeled him like, he's kind of utility, right? <laughs> and it's like, he could still be tragic out there. So, uh, well, I think the all the spring stuff- training samples... They were the same. Right, 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 right. And that's where I'm, that's exactly my point that we, yeah. we still view them through different kaleidoscopes. So, um, Clint, it's, it's just tough to, you know, some of the stuff that's happened between him, some players, the front office, um, there is very much a world where it clicks and, you know, Clint Frazier is a talented player that can play a little corner outfield for you. Uh, there's a world where he needs to go to a new organization pretty quickly and figure it out. So uh, if I had to bet, I'm putting more money on Andujar than Clint. But a little cheddar on both. I'd agree with that. I'd put way more money on Andujar than Clint. Um, BBD? Money? <clears throat> if nothing else, it, it just feels like the Yankees love Andujar and they don't seem to love Clint just the vibe around the organization. That's not inside. Well, we knowledge. can say with full authority, the Yankees do not love Clint. No, no. they've gotten frustrated on more than a few occasions. Yeah. No secret. Yeah. No secret there. Okay. So no ceilings. Florial's been erased oh, for my maybe, pencil game. Florial's been erased. Maybe no fans is great for Clint. Just do baseball. What if there's just one fan, like a vendor? Just catch fly balls. 
Would be good. I have, um, so all my, my pencils are my starters. And then, you know, okay. m- my backup pencil is Andujar. Okay. Florial isn't a pencil. But we're and talking future pencils, right? No, I'm just talking like, you know, we got good, solid pencils. pencils. Well, okay. There's pencils. Those are the starters. They're penciled in, right? They're penciled in the starters. Florial's erased himself. Ooh, Anduhar's hey. backup pencil. And Clint Fraser's like, the pencil on the desk that the teacher will lend you, but you have to return it and it's broken and it doesn't even come up past like your hand. So it's kind of like poking you there and it's very annoying to write with like shorter than a golf pencil. Anduhar's a pencil. Florial's a golf pencil. Clint Frazier's an orange gel pen. Ugh. And you're ju- you're just like, I can't use this on the test. The, the teacher said it's pencil only. Gel pens. Gotta be a nut job. Those used to, those the gel pen ink used to stay on my skin for a good week, a full week. Well, that's a you thing. Disgusting. But I was into it. Hey, Jimmy, Jake, BBD. Hey, I was wondering, uh, with this new proposal and it being, you know, the NL East, we're going to see a lot of those teams. Who are you guys most looking forward to seeing the Yankees match up with? Me personally. Probably got to be the Braves. Maybe, you know, relive some of that 90s stuff. That'd be good. There's a lot of good options. I'm wondering what you guys think. BBD, UAN, this is Nate from Massachusetts, not from Boston. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Not from Boston. Let me start by saying, callers, you get no vote on if BBD gets to answer. Yeah. It's It's if we're feeling lovely enough to pass the baton. And we always are, David. Um, so, David, you have to go first. Three, two, one, go. Uh, I like the Braves' answer. If you're asking me, it's Phillies just uh, because they have all the former Yankees that they basically just picked every former Yankee that everyone loved. Uh, and I like have Philly connections. So, I'm excited to play the Phillies more often, assuming they go with the regional schedule. Uh, I'm glad that you made uh, BBD go first because I think he swayed me because I was going to say Braves just because they're fun. But I was like, ah, still kind of really good. The Phillies, I'm not high on the Phillies pitching. So you get the fun factor of Joe G, Batansis, Lil Baby Toe, Didi Gregorius, David Robertson. But you you don't get as much of a threat factor, at least on paper. As the Braves. You also got Disco Neal over there. So I'm going, I'm agreeing with the Phillies. Yeah, we should let BBD go first every time because it did change my answer. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's the Phillies. I I was calling them Yankees East. I mean, you could see Toe potentially making the after-season All-Star game in a season like this. Um, But yeah, man, there's a, that NL East is fun. I mean, the Braves are a good team. The Mets, probably everyone wants us to say that. And you know, those games would be fun. Stroman, uh, Sindersford, if he's on, uh, that Mets bullpen. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the Braves are super talented, and we still haven't mentioned the Nats, who won the World Series last year. And, dude, Jeter runs the Marlins, so those are going to be pretty heated. So, yeah, uh, T1 for everyone, like a lot of pencils. So many pencils. You a fan of mechanical pencils? Never, never did it for me. It felt like cheating. 
I didn't love them. I didn't hate them. I didn't love them. You break them all the time. It's like, ugh, you know. Oh, you have a low moment. I only liked these kind of mechanical pencils, like the ones that okay. kind of look like a real pencil. Are you familiar? BBD. Ooh. Me mechanical pencil snob. Yeah. But that was until like that was like college is when I got into that and like high school and stuff when I was actually using pencils often. <laughs> I mean, you could erase pencils from those two sentences and it sounds like a hard drug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't right. get into it until college and then, you know, then I was in pretty deep. <laughs> was like, Whoa. Pencils meant math and I hate math. I never used pencils in college. Ooh. Okay. What's up, boys? It is Jordan from Boston. Kind of depressing about all the, the news about trying to come back to baseball, fighting with the owners and the players. Let's get off the topic. Going to watch okay. a weekend full of Derek Jeter games. I'm actually excited for it, but three questions for you. Number one, Jimmy, do you feel weird when people you actually know call you John Boy and not Jimmy? Two, Jake, who's the most famous person that has said Jake sucks? Number three, which current or former Yankee, if they asked to be on the podcast, would you be like, eh, no, nah, we're all set? Which one, if anybody? Thanks. Go Yanks. Brutal third question. Um, uh, well, well, John Boy started as friends. Like, Jake called me John Boy before, you know, it was a public name or whatever. So It was just a mix of all the other names, I say. Yeah. So, no, it's not weird to answer your question. He probably called. He probably asked that because Curry was dropping John Boy a lot. Yeah, Curry was going a little heavy on the John Boy. I know you would have liked a couple Jimmys in there. It's all good. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. John Boy. That's how my dad says it. Um, Jake, who's the most famous person you think has said Jake sucks? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to think back to winter meetings. Like we might have had a chance for a couple there. Um, Yarborough was kind of tuned in to me, which was the coolest I've ever felt in my life. But I don't think he dropped one. Um, Passon's probably dropped it. I mean, Passon would love to. Passon would tune it up when when he's off his like ESPN Yahoo leash. Like he's the he'd he'd be a Jake fucking sucks guy. And you're like, all right, Jeff. I think Logan Paul's probably said it. Come on. He's got a brother named Jake, and he's probably someone's like, oh, what's Jake doing? I don't know. Jake sucks. You know? You counting that? I can't let him go down as the most famous Jake. Like, I'm not saying it has to be me, but before I leave this planet, someone's got to take out Jake Paul. I think he's easily the most famous Jake right now, right? I know, Jeb. Okay. Jake Paul. It's a bad name. Killing me. Like it, it like bad if guy. if we just came across that name on an old baseball reference, Jake Paul, we'd be like that doesn't flow at all. I'd like it if you said it like way too quickly. Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Next question. No, wait, what was the third question? No idea. Uh, is there a guest you would pass on with the Yankees? Yeah, um Jeez. Um, Chad Curtis. Chad Curtis, bad guy. Yeah, I wouldn't have him on. We've always been nervous around John Flaherty because we don't love his broadcast sometimes. Um, 
if anyone wants to like mend it or start it, I'm interested, but uh, we're honest guys. Check I think we would like talking to him is the issue. Like the conversation yeah. would be fine, but we said kind of mean stuff. Um, yeah. Anyone that I've been, uh, Chuck Knobloch, did he turn out to be a bad guy or he just get drunk one time? He had that like got beat up story or whatever. I think we do good with Chuck. Okay. I think we might have, we'd have to like edit the Chuck episode pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, Chad Curtis, final answer. Good the answer. current Yankee answer is probably Clint just because I commend that and said he probably doesn't like that you don't like him. Even if we don't hate him, that we don't hate him. I could, I could mend that bridge in one TikTok video, BBD. If we had Clint on, he would look like the good guy, and I'd look like the bad guy, and that's fine. And I understand that. Right. That's fine. Because he'd just be just like, lean in. He'd be like, uh, I just blah blah blah, you know, all that stuff. Painted a good picture there. What's up, guys? Caden from Plattsburgh, New York here. So being a longtime fan of yours, Jimmy, uh, I know how big of a fan you are of one Chris Carter, the greatest first baseman of all time. That being said, I was wondering, who are some of your other favorite bad Yankees of all time? This, this could really tell a lot about a person. Are you like a, a Sidney Ponson kind of guy or oh, yeah. a, a Kei Gawa or like a David Adams kind of guy? Maybe Kendrick Morales, you know? For me, Lyle Overbay. Dude batted clean up like all the time in 13, and I love it. So... There's my question. Thanks, guys. Go Yanks. Um, good question, Caden. And Chris Carter was awesome. Um, are we doing like ironic likes or real likes? I think that's what it sounds like. Because I mean, you know, guys like Lyle Overbay and Sidney Ponson had nice. I like Sidney Ponson. Yeah. I mean the the Prince, right? Um, I think I have a good answer that I'm happy about, and it's it's Vernon Wells, man. Um, because if you only knew Vernon Wells from his time on the Yankees, you're kind of like, oh, this guy's not good, huh? Except that um, first month. But, man, he he tormented the Yankees for a while in Toronto. He was a really good ball player, and I had some existential Vernon Wells thought as a growing boy because I was like, okay, would I fall in love with any center fielder on my favorite team? Like, if I grew up in Toronto, would I idolize Vernon Wells like I do Bernie Williams? So I've always had a lot of respect for Vernon Wells. Uh, Vernon Wells' first month of that season was uh, really good, too. Really so. good. Six home runs, 9-11 OPS. Boom. 13 RBIs. It was a good first month for Vernon. Uh, I have two. And these aren't ironic. Chris Stewart, when I hear Yankees fans giving Chris Stewart shit, I'm like, are you serious? Dude was brought in to be like the backup to the backup and everyone got hurt. And now he has to start a hundred games when he was never, ever asked to be an offensive juggernaut. And people just give him shit all the time. It's like, like the expectations were zero. So like right. he did there his job. No bar. The, yeah. The, the bar was literally zero catch the, ball. catch the ball and be good as a catcher. Uh, 
And his numbers are putrid as a hitter, but like, that's not what he was supposed to be doing. So I always had uh, like a sympathetic likeness for him. And then AJ Burnett, man, if you, if you, if you, if you give me shit about AJ Burnett, I'll just be like, you know, we don't win the world series without him. Uh, Game two, Philadelphia. We let so many people win our hearts over with postseason performances, but for some reason, people like to forget or downplay how much Burnett meant to that 9 team. And uh, I don't care that it went south after that. Okay. I like that. Stand stand on your hill. Yeah. DBD, I feel like you like bad players. What do you got? Uh, Well, first of all, I was looking at Chris Stewart's page. Played in 2018, so that is always surprising. Mm-hmm. Burnett's a good answer. Vernon Wells. I have a Vernon Wells story. When he was on the Angels, I had like legend suite tickets and he like talked to me and my dad for a good minute there. And I was like 12. Nice. So that's like the coolest thing you can do. Um, yeah. Uh, Kayagawa. I have a lot of inside jokes with my dad about him. So fuck that kind of guy. Huh? Also, worst, I feel bad for him. I have a lot of inside jokes. Yeah. He's so bad. Feel bad for Kay, but. That, oh my God. I can't believe the Yankees gave that dude so much money. I'm happy for him. Get that bag, Key. Key. That, that like, people key. talk about the most, the weight, most wasted, like, money or worst signing. Like, Kiyagawa is way up there. Oh, 16 yeah. total major league games. Yeah. I mean, how many starts did he have? 13? 13. And, and the story is in the very first bullpen, they had the catcher catch him to be like, what's he got? And he was like, nothing. You you signed this guy? And they're like, oh, shit. Like that's- Wasn't it like, if I'm remembering right, they like were in on Daisuke. He ended up picking the Red Sox and they were kind of like, well, we, we want a Japanese arm now. Yeah, they were trying to, yeah, they're trying to make the next splash. They put him on the cover of Yankees magazine. They uh, They hyped him up, you know. Get that Japanese market money. And he was uh, so Someone bad. lost a job over that. Someone lost a job. He was that. so bad. I mean, he threw. I mean, we could probably calculate how many pitches he threw. No, no. Let, let K go. I'm not going to do it, but someone can. Someone calculate how many pitches Kiyagawa threw and how much the Yankees paid him. And then tell me how much each pitch cost the Yankees. I appreciate you for doing that for me. Any other bad Yanks you like? I mean, Clippard, I really didn't like Clippard when he was on the Yankees. But he's a good, like, Clippard's a good relief pitcher. <laughs> so weird, Really man. nice major league career. Really good major league career. He's like the opposite of this answer, right? Uh, he was bad for the Yankees. Okay, that's fair. Really bad in 2017. Yeah. And then he beat the with the... Didn't he go to Houston or something like that and win the World Series with them? He wasn't on the roster, but he was celebrating. Bizarre. Yep. All right, I think that's all we got for today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. And we will be back next episode. And that's how it works. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. <laughs> <laughs>